It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your other Friday Buckeye Talk. We're making our picks for Ohio State, Georgia. Rants Pod went up earlier Friday. Four of us here to make our picks for this game in the Peach Bowl. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means, and our good buddy Tyler Shoemaker. We will all be making our final official predictions for this college football playoff semifinal. As we noted, and and right when we were talking before we came on, Nathan, you noted this has been a six and a half point line, Ohio State, the underdog, basically since the open, since this was announced. It was sort of six and a half and it hadn't really gone either way. And right here, as we're recording Friday afternoon, it's down to six and you're not a gambling expert. We'll ask the gambling expert in a second. But Nathan, what does that say to you? That says to me, and I think Tyler will probably say something similar, that uh, this is where the sharp money is. There's been some sort of surge in money late in this week where the sharp guys, the, the Tylers, or maybe the more well-financed Tylers, no offense, are are coming in with, with bricks and and pushing that line a little bit. Um, so I, I, it tells you that some of the, the, more, the most savvy bettors at least some some segment of them, like Ohio State, at least as a cover. Tishu, when you and I were talking about this on earlier pods, you noted that when it was at six and a half, you thought there was a better chance it headed towards six than it headed towards seven. As we sit here now and it's happening, what's it make you think? Yeah, I mean, Nathan's exa- exactly right. It's it's not a matter of the amount of money that's that's being bet on Ohio State. It's the respect of the people that are placing these bets because like 80 80 some percent of the money is on georgia it has been this this entire time but um like i indicated before i the sharp books had had been adjusting their juice you know more and more inching it towards ohio state so i I thought this line was much more likely to hit six than it was to hit seven um so i'm i'm not surprised by it and i mean not that betting markets are everything but as an ohio state fan i think that should at least give you a little bit of confidence if you believe in that sort of thing yeah, no, I think I I think that does matter if you're looking for something, right? It doesn't mean that the sharps are always right, but if you're if you're looking for something, um, you know, 
you can you can maybe hang on to that a little bit. Okay, let's talk about the texter survey that I sent out about this game. Stephen, when I sent it out, the first question I asked was, how has your view of this game evolved since the game was announced four weeks ago? The options were, I now believe Ohio State has less of a chance. I now believe Ohio State has more of a chance or my view hasn't changed. I'll tell you, Stephen, 49% of the people said my view hasn't changed. So half the people... They thought what they thought. The other half of the remaining people, 47% say, I now believe Ohio State has more of a chance. And only 4% say, I believe Ohio State has less of a chance. This is our audience. So I do think the way we have talked about the game has been probably indicative of maybe Ohio State has more of a chance than you thought at first blush. I don't know if people listen to us or not. I don't know. I, our, our influence, I hope our influence is minimal. It, the, the scariest thing possible about this podcast is that it has any actual influence out in the world. So I don't know what effect we had, Stephen, but that idea that almost everybody who's changed has changed toward thinking Ohio State has a better chance. Are you surprised by that, Stephen? Or do you think that fits with how this game has been perceived. No, I'm actually, that's probably spot on because we're moving further and further away from the initial emotions of what that Michigan game was. And you get away from look what the final score was and look at the context behind it, especially when, you know, we've had enough interviews now and you hear Jim Knowles say things like, Oh, call the exact same game. I'm not, I don't regret making any of those decisions. It's just, this guy may have been out of place or that guy may have been out of place, but I think as you move further and further away from that game and stop just looking at the box score for what it is, you kind of come around to where, listen, a, a month, literally 24 hours before that game was played, Ohio State and Georgia were probably viewed as the best two teams in, in college football. Not That doesn't have to change that much just because of four or five you know big plays that they gave up against Michigan. Okay, some other things that I asked about in this survey of tech subscribers. And if you still want to get in on being a tech subscriber, we'll be texting a bunch during the game, right? That can be a fun time to be a tech subscriber. Send a text message to 614-350-3315. You'll get back a link to sign up and you can sign up for free for two weeks. You won't be charged. You can type stop and get out of it. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your confidence in Ohio State's ability to win? To me, that doesn't mean that like they will win, but like they certainly have a chance to win. On a one to 10 scale, 10 being high, one being low, 5.57. So leaning more towards, you know, in the middle, but more towards the 10 than towards the one. The actual pick for the game, straight up, this is an Ohio State audience, 51% Georgia, 49% Ohio State. I think there's some heart in there, but I don't think that's all heart. I think there's some brain in there. Then the people that, um, you know, there is, I, I tried to ask a question about the betting line. That seems a, a little bit split too. I do think the people who think Georgia's going to win think Georgia might blow Ohio State out, so they're not afraid to give the six and a half. I asked this question, Nathan. Win or lose, do you think Ohio State will play well? Yes, I'm at least expecting the Buckeyes to put up a good, tough fight. No, I'm expecting Ohio State to make mistakes and get outclassed. 82% said, yes, I'm expecting them to play well. What do you think of that response? Because, of course, winning is what matters. But I do think there is something to, if they lose, how they lose, that will have an effect on how this fan base feels in the offseason. 82% saying, I think they'll put up a good fight. 
Yeah, I mean, for the team, I don't think playing this game and having it be close has as much value. I think they just want to win. They want to go win a national championship. They want to take advantage of this opportunity. But for that, what you're saying, that greater like consciousness around the team, the fan base, I think it could be massive because I, that was what we was, we talked about this in so many different facets. Like it's just the lasting impression of the Michigan game wasn't necessarily just a loss. It was that you were getting just smacked around and a team was kind of pulling away and leaving you in the dust and even if you, at the end of the day, respect that team, that isn't what you want the lasting impression of a season to be. And if Ohio State now can go in at relatively full strength, you know, without some important guys, but as, as healthy as the rest of those guys can be, and hang on the same field as Georgia, regardless of the outcome, I think you're at least showing that you definitely are one of the four best teams in the country because that was very much in doubt in the fourth quarter of that Michigan game. So I think that's pretty good. It's hard. I think it's hard to get all the way toward picking Ohio State if you're really just doing brain. It's, it, it takes a lot to get there because Georgia is really good. But when you make the question just about the Buckeyes, will they play well? Because, again, that's something I talked about the Rants podcast. A lot of the time, the discussion around an Ohio State game is if Ohio State plays well, Ohio State will win. Uh, the best version of them is better than the opponent. I don't think that's true here. I think there's a version where Ohio State could play well and still not win. So that 82% expect Ohio State to play well. I think that's a good thing. How you'll feel watching the game, I gave a middle answer, which is I'm going to be a huge bundle of excitement and nerves combined. I'll be going crazy, good and bad all game. So that's I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. I'm everything. That was 47%. And then the other three answers were basically, I'm excited. I'll be excited and happy. I'll be worried or I'll be chill. Like whatever happens, happens. That was split equally. 18%, 18%, 17%. So basically half the people will be everything. And then the other half will be split equally between worried, happy, and chilled out. So I maybe we didn't learn anything from that. Tissue, I want you to put on your Ohio State fan hat for this one. This was a complicated one, and, and some of the textures sent back. I wish we could dig into this answer a little bit more. As you watch TCU Michigan in the first game, what will you be thinking? Because you don't know what's going to happen with Ohio State. So I want Michigan to win. I want Michigan to lose. I'll watch closely and be very interested in the game, but I'm not going to root either way, or I don't care. 13% I don't care. 12% I'll be watching very closely, but I won't root either way. And then 48% I want Michigan to lose, 28% I want Michigan to win. Ohio State fan Tyler Shoemaker, what will you be thinking, not from a betting perspective, but from a Buckeye perspective watching TCU Michigan? Yeah, I I really struggle. I, I participated in this survey, and I, I did struggle when I got to this question. I, I kind of like went back and forth, but I ultimately ultimately landed on I hope they lose. Uh and I think part of that is you, you mentioned it. I think the order of these games affected my answer because if Ohio state played first and you know, they beat Georgia, then it'd be like, okay, I want them to win because I want the rematch, but not knowing what's going to happen with Ohio state, like the thought of Michigan winning and then Ohio state losing, I think is probably the biggest gut punch that Ohio state fans could have. So I, I ultimately landed on, I hope they lose, but with the caveat that if Ohio state wins and Michigan wins, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Steven, I see you nodding along. That seemed to be an idea that some texters express, that they want 
They want the same thing to happen to the big t- two Big Ten teams, either both win or both lose. So how you root in the Michigan game is possibly some indication of how you think the Ohio State game is going to go. Do you think those are connected, Stephen? Yes, I do, which is why I think you can't have one without the other is basically, you know, I think, what Tyler was trying to get out there. And so you almost – you want the rematch, but it's either you want the rematch or you want neither one of them there. So, but if you want your team, the team you root for to make the national championship game, then you have to root for Michigan to get there as well. But the worst, the best outcomes here are either neither one of them makes it or it's a rematch. The worst outcome is Michigan makes it, Ohio State does it. And then a a matchup that's like, okay, cool. They're in a national championship game, but that probably takes a little bit of the oomph off of it is if Ohio State wins, but then TCU makes it too. I don't know how much juice is in a game like that, but I understand why Tyler and anybody else who, who voted like that thinks like that. For me, though, I just want Michigan to win because there's one more extra thing we can be thinking about in the back of our heads as Ohio State's playing. is that little carrot that might be available to you if you just get past Georgia. I didn't know, Nathan, how many Ohio State fans would be like, I don't want to risk the idea of Ohio State losing to Michigan twice in a year, so I'm rooting for TCU no matter what. And then if Ohio State wins... And the thing we have to remember is that Ohio State still was an underdog to Oregon in the national title game. But like after Bama, it was kind of like, okay, well, I don't know. Like Marcus Mariota is good, but like it's not Bama. So the idea of like, well, maybe there wouldn't be as much juice juice to an Ohio State TCU game, but they'd be favored. And I think a lot of people would think they – so it's like, do you want Ohio State to win the national championship, juiceless or not? Then maybe root for TCU. I didn't know, Nathan, if there were just Ohio State fans who would be like – I hate Michigan. I always want them to lose. But also, from a st- strategic, angst-ridden standpoint, I also want them to lose because I don't even want to risk the idea of two losses to Michigan in six weeks. I get it. I think I get it, though, more from the standpoint of I just never want Michigan to win a game, If that kind of fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want Michigan to go 0-12 and, and then somehow get invited to a bowl and then lose. Like I want them to lose as much as possible. Uh, so I, I think I understand that more than the fear of the second loss. It, it's hard to be a fan from – it's hard to be a fan of a program of this caliber and think from a terms of fear. Like you're one of – what you should really want is Michigan to win so that even if they do end up winning a national championship – they have to beat Ohio State twice to do it. Like, make them really earn it. Like, don't get in the thing where, uh, you know, you, you lose to Georgia, Michigan wins, and then Michigan wins a national championship. That really makes you feel better. Like, I would say that you have to – Ohio State should want to have to get on the field, and fans should want this. Want to get back on the field with them and show them that the first time was a fluke. And, and then if they win, you know, I guess so be it. You can still say, well, we were the second best team in the country. It just happened to be that the, the best team was the one up the road, and – um, that says something about how great the Big Ten is. And look where the look where Ohio State led the Big Ten. You could even start making that kind of argument. Not a lot of people are picking Ohio State. I noted that Chris Peterson, the former Washington coach, a Fox analyst, he picked them on TV the other night. I was combing. Like I, I like it when the big giant national sites put out their thing with like, here's everybody that we employ that is vaguely associated with college football, and here's what everybody picked. And you can say, look, here's 51 people. And it's 38 to 13, like that kind of thing. I was, I didn't find that for ESPN.com. I don't, I couldn't find it like for Sports Illustrated. The Athletic put out like 13 college football people. It was 13 nothing for Georgia. 
but it wasn't like all the big, like Andy Staples and Ari weren't in there. So I double checked with Ari, Andy Staples and Ari on their show, both picked Georgia. It, they didn't have like all their, like Stewart and Bruce and Nicole. Like I didn't see their picks. Um, all the dispatch, the dispatch has their picks out. Everybody at the, the dispatch picked Georgia because Tim May doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> you know, I love you, Tim. Seems I was like, you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I, Ohio State's down, you know, they're a 17 point underdog, but I just, I just see something here. And it's like, most of the time I always said, it's like, you, you get into a thing. It's like, Hey man, that guy picks Ohio State a lot. And it's like, well, I, and then they're like 12 and 0 and 11 1 every year. So it's like, do you want to be right all the time? Pick Ohio State. So I don't know what Tim's picking, but Tim picked Buster Douglas. And so once you pick Buster Douglas, you know, I'm over there in Japan and it's like all these guys are saying, like, you know, you're a genius. How'd you pick Buster? It's like, Tim, you picked the guy from Columbus. You're not a boxing genius. You just picked the guy from Columbus because you lead with your heart, Tim, and I love you for it. But come on. It's like, hey, I just think you know, Buster's got an uppercut. That's not what you thought. You just knew his trainer. And then all the Japanese media, because Tim went to the fight in Tokyo. And like everybody, he, he tells his story. It's like, oh, now I'm just doing the Tim May podcast. Like I'm, I'm aggregating the Tim May podcast. I was listening to Tim. And let me tell you his stories in a bad accent of Tim May. But he said some guy came up at the end of the fight and like tacked him on the shoulder and was like telling him that he's a genius. Because they a hundred people in the Tokyo Gazette picked a fight and the only one who picked Buster Douglas was Tim May. Anyway, I don't know what Tim is picking. SP plus at ESPN gives Georgia a 62% chance to win FPI, which is another, I don't know what that is. Football possibility index. I don't know what it is. 58% Georgia chance. Those aren't overwhelming. It's not like it's 90%. USA Today, all five people picked Georgia. T-shoot like Pete Futek from College Football News and some guy from Clutch Points they both, I don't know what that is. They both picked Ohio State. That's all I could find. Tissue, I don't know. Is is this the kind of game where you think maybe people, more people would have an angle on like, no, I see, I see this path, this game script that's leading me towards Ohio State. Or does this make sense that even if you analyze, people analyze the games in a variety of ways, most of the paths lead you to Georgia. What do you think the fact that it seems like a pretty heavy Georgia prediction? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. I mean, the, the line is, you know, a touchdown. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And I know this, this question isn't from a, a betting perspective, but just to like provide context on how these type of things impact betting, like it makes sense. People react to the most recent thing that they saw. And the most recent thing that they've seen is Georgia beating the crap out of LSU and Ohio state, you know, getting the crap kicked out of them in the fourth quarter against Michigan. So it makes sense that people m may see these two teams as, as trending in opposite directions, but that's where like numbers like mine, you know, are going to take your whole body of work into account. And that's why not to get ahead of ourselves, but like if Ohio state and Michigan were to rematch, Ohio state would be favored both by, by my numbers and by what I've seen odds makers put out. So you have to look at the whole body of work and the whole body of work says that, that this is going to be a, a really competitive game. Uh, but it, it definitely makes sense that most people are picking Georgia to, to win outright. Steven, we can't get inside the minds of all the people who are make their picks. We'll get inside our own minds in a moment when we make our picks. When, when so many people are picking Georgia, and again, they're a six-point favorite right now, do you think that is more about Georgia is excellent, they're the defending national champs, you respect Kirby Smart in this program, this defense is so good, this offense is efficient, it is a nod to Georgia's greatness? Or do you think it is more of, have we seen Ohio State at its best? 
They ended up getting rolled in the second half by Michigan. Even in their like Iowa and Penn State wins, it took them a while to come around. I don't know if they're going to maximize. Are they tough enough? Do you think it's more questioning Ohio State, that it's such a Georgia lean? Is it more about the Bulldogs or more about the Buckeyes that so many people arrived at the same place? No, I think Tyler hit it on the head with a hammer there. It's, it's all about Ohio State. Your opinion of Georgia hasn't changed for six months now. They rolled through the SEC. They did what they were supposed to do. And beating the crap out of LSU, well, we all thought going into that game that they were probably going to beat the crap out of LSU. Nobody thought that Ohio State was going to lose to Michigan the way that they did. And so it's changed your, your math here. I, hypothetically, if they would have won that game, and this is now a national championship game, three weeks later, I don't think the line is six. Now, Georgia maybe is still favorited, but it's probably three or four or something like that instead of a full, almost a full touchdown. But we have more data points. We saw more games. Georgia took care of business. Ohio State didn't. And so now it's created this situation where there are some people who don't think this is going to be a game. But, but so, yeah, I agree with Tyler 100% in that situation. It's, it's A lot of this is the last time we saw these two teams play. One team took care of business and the other one – very much change your opinion on how good they are or aren't. All right, go ahead, Nathan. I was going to say, just to kind of follow up on what they're saying, like go back to 11.59 a.m. on November 26th and ask people, who would you take between Ohio State and Georgia on a semi-neutral field, even in Atlanta? And I don't think it's, I don't think you're getting a across the board, everybody picking Georgia. Like I think the the 13 people at the athletic and maybe even all the people at the dispatch, like you're going to get people who are picking Georgia or Ohio state just straight up in that game, not even just taking the points because those teams had proven themselves to be that uh, roughly competitively close. So I, 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 that's factored into how I've thought about this in the last 24 hours as I've had to try to come up with a pick was how would I have thought about it that morning or the day before you know, going into week 12, what or week 13, I guess it was technically, um, how would I have picked the game then? And how much am I letting really just like a half of one game on Ohio State's part dictate how I'm thinking about this game right now? And I think there's a lot of people out there who maybe aren't doing quite that same introspection as they do this. Okay, there's a, another theory I want to trot out before we start putting our picks on the record. And we'll do that right after this on Buckeye Talk. Again, we welcome you to be a tech subscriber, 614-350-3315. If you're just catching this now and it's like, what? I'm a Georgia fan just trying to get some intel or whatever. It's like, I don't know. Do you want to hear from Ohio State reporters like during the game or in the lead up to the game? It's free. So you could still try it, 614-350-3315. And we certainly, if you want more intel on the game, would invite you to go to cleveland.com slash OSU for our coverage there. This is something I trotted out on a radio show Friday morning. But I thought it at the time, and then I thought I wrote it as the Michigan game ended, and then I thought eh, maybe I was wrong. And then on, after like another day of introspection, I was like, no, I think I'm. I think I do agree with what I thought the first time, that there was something internal about that Ohio State Michigan loss. That maybe the 365 day buildup and the idea of, you know, what you're going to do in your home stadium to prove that you're still the king of the Big Ten, that that affected that game in some way. There are football things. There clearly are football things. They didn't blow coverages because they were nervous, right? They did. But, but was there something about the rivalry that it was your rival that contributed in some way to that Ohio State loss to Michigan? I think yes. I'm not a, exactly sure what percentage I think, but I think yes. 
So then Nathan, to me, that's not here. George is really good, but it's just football. There's not, there's not like a Big Ten SEC thing here. There's not a, you know, fight for control. This is just a really good football team that's going to be a heck of a test. But that's part of it. When you try all the points that, that you guys made about the last thing you saw, the last thing you saw from Ohio State was them against their rival. And we have a whole offseason to talk about that. Are they handling the rivalry the right way? I mean, I was telling them to paint the walls white and hire Jim Tressel as a rivalry coach. That has nothing to do with Georgia. It's like, hey, Tress, you want to be the rivalry coach for the Georgia game? He's like, we've played them once. What do you want me to say? Like, hey, like Will Muschamp was on the on the Georgia team in 1993, and he made like a little joke about Kirk Herbstreet this week, all in fun, because Herbie was the quarterback back then. How dare Will Muschamp do that? Great Get great speech, Coach Tressel. Way to get the – there's no rivalry. You can't – so in that case, Nathan, if it's just football, then I question how much that Michigan loss actually tells us about this Ohio State team in this game. Is there anything to that, do you think, Nathan? I think there is something to that. I think um, – although I don't subscribe to that theory as much as you do as far as how – how much that game is is uh, was is about emotion or whatever, and how they should address it going forward. But there there is, I think, definitely an element to it, especially maybe in the way that the game unfolded once it turned in Michigan's direction. I think there may you could make a case that that influenced how it really just bent and then broke. But I also think that you could make the case that a little of that game is here in the mindset of this team now, and just in terms of things like, you know, motivation and the, the way it kind of put a chip on its shoulder or whatever cliche you want to use, you know what I'm saying? Like this team that has now a different kind of pride and um, redemption that it has to play for because of the way that that game unfolded and who it was against, Uh, you know, it's, it's, I've almost started to think about this game and it's probably taken it too far. But as you start to look for X factors in a game like this, does is there a little bit of the the Clemson situation going into 2020? Because there you're playing the same team, but it's kind of the same thing. Like you you have to avenge that that direct thing, and they don't get to play Michigan directly in a week like this. But I think in terms of just like just like reclaiming your your dignity a little bit, uh, dignity is the wrong word, but people I think know what I'm saying here. That like just like getting your uh, identity back a little bit and proving again that you belong at this level that motivation is there that's like that's a residual that is still there out of that Michigan game Stephen what do you think what is the correct analysis of how to factor the emotion and intangibles of the Michigan game into the analysis of this Ohio State Georgia game I think if there's any emotion part of this it's as annoying as the toughness the physicality portion of this i mean georgia is the epitome of physicality and how they approach some of these things and if that's been the question mark around ohio state's team the last two years really can they match that because then you can answer that question very quickly regardless of how this game plays out if you lose by six points and it felt like it was back and forth but you were fighting the entire time then i think fans can live with a loss like that versus you lost a game where physically it was very clear that you didn't belong but even with a lot of that stuff, I, I, for me, I put a lot of that stuff on the back burner when I was trying to come up with a pick. And the first thing I asked myself was, can Ohio State win an X's and O's game? 
Because if you can't do that, then all this other stuff doesn't matter because you're going to lose anyway. And as I found myself answering yes or no to that question, kind of flip-flopping back and forth, it made me more comfortable picking the way that I did, regardless of how the rest of the world was or wasn't picking. All right, let's start making our picks. Tyler, can you give us just, again, from your proprietary formulas, what they tell you about where Ohio State is in comparison to Georgia, both overall and then maybe offensively and defensively? Yeah, so these are the top two teams in my ratings. Georgia's number one, Ohio State's number two. Um, offensively, Ohio State's number one uh, in the country. Georgia's number six. And defensively, Georgia's number one and Ohio State's number 24. So offensively, they're both, you know, both in the top 10. Georgia, obviously, much better on the defensive side of the ball than Ohio State. Um, my number says that, that this should be uh, Georgia minus one and a half, uh, something like 31 30. Uh, would be would be my score prediction. So when you so now you are again, I like it when we make you live in two worlds. You're putting on your betting visor, then you're putting on your Buckeye hat. Would you pick this game any differently? That that so is your pick the pick for both versions of Tshu? That both versions of Tshu think it's a close Georgia win, or when you try to factor in something beyond what your numbers show you, would that lead you in any different direction, knowing that you are a person that built a formula and is obviously going to, going to give that a nod as you think about things? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would like to think that they would be the same. Like I, I think in my heart of hearts, I think this is going to be a close game. Like I, I think Ryan day for the most part has earn the benefit of the doubt. Again, we talk about talked about the Clemson game a ton, the, the 2020 Clemson game, but even even the 2019 game, I mean, if J.K. Dobbins doesn't get caught from behind twice in the first half, Ohio State wins that game and Ryan Day looks like a genius two years in a row. So, like, I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I know the fan base is, is really, you know, down on him right now after two straight Michigan losses, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt one more time here in a big game to, to prove himself and not be – not be as tight as, as I think we all would agree that he, he kind of called the game, um, especially, especially in the second half against, against Michigan. Tyler, how much did your ratings change uh, for Ohio state, especially from a defensive perspective based on the Michigan result? Do you remember? Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe prior to that game, they were around 16th or 18th. If I recall, Uh, I don't have that available but i mean they they definitely took a hit uh defensively after after that game okay so officially your official pick is like 31 30 georgia yep okay and that's right at the number also by the way i think the total is 62 so you are dancing right on the number you're there your numbers are telling you that this this total from the odds makers is about right to you yep okay all right steven you teased us with the way that you thought about making your prediction. What is your prediction? So I picked Ohio state to win 42 to 39. And I think it plays out. I think, Ohio. I think Ryan Day and CJ Stroud are going to have a chance to have a moment here in the last four minutes of the game. I do think it's going to be a back and forth affair and it kind of comes down to Ohio state's just got the ball last with four, four minutes, three minutes left on the clock and they go down and they make something happen. And I, I came to that conclusion because We've uh, we've analyzed this game a bunch of different ways over the last two or three weeks, and I came to the conclusion that Ohio State's the only team who can beat Georgia. 
just because of how they play. When they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're the only team who has the combination of talent, approach, play calling, all the, everything in, involved to go at the, especially this Georgia defense, and maybe even its offense as well because of what Jim Knowles likes to do, especially since they've had guys emerge as kind of stars now on this team. But it comes down, it's always going to come down to what the offense does. Ryan Day's losses, all of them are under 30 points. Over 40 po- points, they haven't lost in almost a century. It's, I think my number was 154 games or something like that. If this offense does what it's supposed to do, if C.J. Stroud is on, if Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka are on, if they have some semblance of a run game, it doesn't have to be dominant. It just has to exist. And if Ryan Day gets out of his own head and is aggressive the way we've seen him be on this stage especially – I think Ohio State gives itself a chance and it puts itself in a position there late in the fourth quarter to come away with a win. How You, you sort of indicated you were kind of back and forth on this. Yeah, yeah. I, I started very much on Georgia's going to win this game by a touchdown. And as I we talked to people this week, and the more I just kind of watched Georgia, the more I kind of watched Ohio State, where it's like, man, when Ryan Day is aggressive, it doesn't really matter who the defensive play caller is because he's taking the fight to them. And that I don't know if there's been a game this year where I felt like Ryan Day took the fight to the opposing defense. This is the game where he's going to have to do that because this is the best defense in college football and has been for the better of the last two years. So the last time we really saw him take a fight to a defense was that Clemson game. And I'm not saying I don't think the outcome will be that much of a blowout the way it was in that Clemson game. But I do think it's the only way that Ohio State comes away with the win is Ryan Day being aggressive and letting C.J. Stroud loose and allowing him to throw that ball down the field. All right. That's one pick for Georgia. Tight. One pick for Ohio State. Tight. When we come back, two more picks on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Nathan Baird, you're up. Did you go back and forth a lot on this, or did you sort of feel like, no, I kind of, this is what I think, and I'm kind of locked in on this? I I had it. well, uh, yes, I went back and forth. <laughs> I, 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 I was always in the same neighborhood. It was just a matter of which side of the line I was going to end up on. Because the more I looked at this game, while I think – that there is a there are definitely some intangibles on Georgia's side. The fact that they've been here before and they've done it. The fact that you know they have a historic opportunity here to uh, win you know, back-to-back national championships. That's not uh, something that programs get a chance to do very often, and they're you know one game away from playing for that. Um, the fact that they're representing their home state here in their backyard. I think all those things are, are intangibles in their favor. I think Ohio State though has. Um, uh, 
a lot of intangibles in its favor. And as I looked at this from an X's and O standpoint, I think that was a good way for Steven to, to put that, that can, can Ohio state just win this game? And like, I, like I said, I went back and put, tried to put myself in, well, how would I have thought about this game on November 25th? Like before I saw the second half of this Michigan game. And I, I think I would have probably picked something very similar to what I ended up picking for this game. And I think to some extent, that, that's still the world we live in. They're, the only big difference for Ohio State is knowing for sure that they don't have Trevion Henderson. I don't think that that's nothing. I think if they had been able to start bending the other way with Trevion Henderson and got him healthy to play in a game like this, that would have been a, a huge thing for them. But I also, because of what Steven's also saying, in terms of the running game in this game, I don't think it's the deciding factor. I don't think Ohio State should make it the deciding factor anyway. And it, it may not end up being the thing. So, um I kind of ultimately came down on one other thing, and it was something you and I talked about, Doug, the other night as we were discussing this game. And it was like, what if Ohio State more or less does to Georgia what Michigan did to Ohio State? That this doesn't isn't a game where you have to physically beat them up up and down the field, but maybe the explosive plays are there for Ohio State. Um, there's some numbers here that would that would support that, that that Georgia is susceptible in the secondary and I think that this is a game where Ohio State has the best quarterback Ohio State has the single most dynamic offensive player and I think that could end up being the deciding factor so at long last I took 38 37 Ohio State that would be Ohio State taking the points and going over the over-under Look at us. We're all like, uh, in conclusion, all of us pick a tie. Yeah. And they build a a super team. They send the Ohio State offense and the Georgia defense on to play Michigan. And that's what they do because they go to 11 overtimes and they can't decide it. So one of the things, and, 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 and I've made a lot of points on the pod and elsewhere about this being indoors and Ohio state on a fast track and what that might mean for them and, and how they have historically piled up yardage in those situations. And there certainly were texters. Um, somebody, one of the texters sent a screenshot. How did this happen? I sent a text, a texter screenshotted my text to send to his friend who doesn't subscribe to the texts. That friend texted back to the texter and the texter screenshotted the friend's text and texted it to us which feels like that, that that friend is scamming me, scamming us. I think that guy should send us four bucks. But I read what that guy said. And that guy's point was, well, yeah, they move the ball, but they don't cash in. It's like the 2019 tissue, 2019 Clemson game. So I don't care about red zone scoring percentage. What matters is red zone touchdown percentage. I, like when people say like, oh, they score on 97%. I don't, we understand there's a difference between seven and three. What the number actually should be, I don't know why every red zone ranking isn't expressed this way. It's average points per red zone trip. We're 5.31. We're 4.68, whatever. Like that's what matters. That combined, right? Why isn't it expressed that way? The percentage of times you score when the, the thing that you do to score, one of them is worth less than half as much as the other. It's so stupid to me. So red zone touchdown percentage. Georgia's defense is number one. They allow red zone touchdowns 32% of the time. They are the best red zone defense in the country. Ohio State's red zone touchdown percentage is 76%. That's fourth 
It's the fourth best red zone touchdown offense in the country. So this is a red zone collision. Even this team that is a passing team that we've questioned the run game all year, they've succeeded in the red zone. Because when you don't have a running quarterback and you're not sure about your running backs, it can get tough down there, right? That's why JT Barrett turned into the red zone quarterback for a game and a half in 2015. It's why people were like, that's why I wanted a Tate Martell package to take Dwayne Haskins out of the game in 2018. Because you don't have a running quarterback. And sometimes it can look really difficult down there. And I think you even look at like the t- the, the CJ pass to Cade Stover in the end zone that Mike Sandra still knocked away, right? Like Ohio State did a kind of a, a multiple things right on that play. And that was still really tough because there was a really good defender with tight coverage on your guy and he knocked the ball away. And so that can be tough, but this offense is be, is been, has been good at it. And by the way, Georgia's offense, not so great. Georgia's offense is 33rd in the country. Their touchdown percentage is 68%. So Ohio State's is 76, touchdown percentage of the red zone. So Georgia, as efficient as Georgia is, and I respect their efficiency on offense and their short passing game, and they have three running backs they believe in, they don't score as much in the red zone as Ohio State does. So super critical, right, Tishu? I mean, when you reference that, right, when that if you say, oh, the 2019 Clemson game, that's exactly like the little swing pass to J.K. Dalbins that was right there and they didn't quite convert. They had a couple. There's a version. I think there's a version of this game that looks a little like that, right, that, that I think you could see that. I think you walked away in 2019 thinking, I don't know, I think Ohio State might be better, but they didn't win. I think that's on the table here too, but how do you th- how important do you think this red zone stuff is, Tissue? I think it's really important, but I I think you made a point earlier this week on on one of the pods that I that I really agreed with that I think almost supersedes this and that's what is your percentage of touchdowns outside the red zone? And I think that's Ohio State's uh, path to victory. I think Steven kind of alluded to that as well. Like you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. You've got Emeka Ibuka. You've got, in my opinion, and I think probably most would agree the best quarterback in the playoff. That's your path to victory. If if you get in a rock fight, you know, and you're just going to march the ball down the field and make this a red zone game. I don't know that I love that for Ohio state, but if Ohio state can hit some explosives to Nathan's point, the Michigan game plan I, I think that's Ohio State's path to victory. So the red zone is going to be important, I think, more so defensively because the defense has not been great in the red zone. Uh, I, I don't know if you've got the numbers there on the, the touchdown percentage defensively for Ohio State, but offensively, I think their path is hit some big plays. Defensively, because of the the methodical way that Georgia wants to march, the defensive red zone per- percentage is going to be huge, I think. Ohio State – defensive touchdown percentage in the red zone, 70th in the country. They give up a touchdown 61% of the time. So that has not been good. Steven, you were nodding along with that. I can, I'm envisioning Brian Hartline grabbing Emeka Abuka by the Jersey before he walks on the field for the first offensive series and saying, don't get caught. Yeah. Like we can see like the little crossing route stuff that Bama hit George on with Jamison Williams and he was off to the races. I can see a Mecca catching one of those. You don't have to be as fast as Jamison Williams. You've just got to be faster than everybody in the Georgia secondary. Don't get caught feels important to me. And we haven't seen those crossing routes very much over the last couple of years here. So this would be the game to pull those back out here. And I like that. Don't get caught. Just go. 
get get the ball in these hands you're playing because then that's how you neutralize Jalen Carter. If you just get the ball out of CJ Stroud's hands as quickly as possible, and then you just have these wide receivers don't get caught, and then every so often you try to take the top off a little bit, throw it to Marvin Harrison. So in the end, I basically had the same score as you guys. I just could not get all the way there. So Steven has a three-point Ohio State win. Nathan has a one-point Ohio State win. I have a one-point Ohio State loss. I have Georgia 42-41. But Tishu, the three of us are all way over the total. You're like right on the total. We're all 20 points over the total, believing this is more of a shootout. Does that feel, I mean, by the by your numbers, it would be wrong. When we have these high scores, Tishu, do, do you think we're crazy or do you think there's a pathway to that? I think I think there's definitely a pathway to that. And I think a lot of the sharp bettors that have bet this total would agree with you guys because the, the total has ticked up a little bit from the opener. So, no, I, I definitely don't think it's crazy. And, and I do, you know, just my gut feeling says that my number probably is a little low here uh, because I do think – Ryan Day's a smart guy. I think he understands that they're going to have to hit explosives in this game. Uh, so, and and I mean, you know, he already mentioned being in the the low 40s, which might be a little high, but still, even if they're in the the mid to high 30s, that this game's going to sail over the total. So, I, I think you guys are are probably right there. And if I had if I had to make a play, I, I would I would lean over as well. Does your model correct for like the historical deviation to maybe higher scores in playoff games, if that's even a thing? No, that that's a good point. That's something I I probably should find the time to to look at for next year. But it's not something that I necessarily considered uh, for for this year. Yeah, if you could if you could math it up before you come back on here next year, we'd appreciate it. Or, or actually, like if we'll let someone else talk for like forty five seconds, Tissue. If you could math it up in the next forty five seconds, <laughs> we'll just jam it in here right at the end of the pod. Just um, one last Stetson Bennett impression here, which I think is just the Tim May impression slowed down. <laughs> No, I think. Uh, well, I no, it, it is it is a little bit. It, I'm not going to do it anymore. He's he, I he, I it's, can't do it to him. It's more of a well eye versus a hey. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Nathan and Stephen, you both have these high scoring games, and you both have Ohio State winning very close high scoring games. Stephen, you first. Do you believe it must be a high scoring game for Ohio State to win uh, under the idea of maybe not believing that the Ohio State offense is going to really clamp down this Georgia offense. So if Ohio State's not going to stop Georgia, they've got to score to win. Or could you envision, you know, 28-24 Ohio State win, Stephen? No, I, I just – I don't see Ohio State winning a playoff game in, in the 20s. And even the 30s is kind of pushing a little bit. I think their best route to success is a bit of a shootout because that plays in the favor of what their strengths are. And that, that's part of the reason my score was so high because – I can't pick Ohio State if it had been if I just said thirty-two to twenty-nine, I couldn't have picked Ohio State in a game like that. Okay, and it's interesting, Nathan. We're at we're at the final point of the discussion we had a million times in the preseason, which is how good does this Ohio State defense have to be? And so we are talking about games where, you know, the the opposing scores are thirty-one, thirty-nine, thirty-seven, and forty-two in our four picks. That is not stellar world-class defense, but it's good enough defense to give the offense a chance in the end. Is that, is that what they, is that what they needed all along? 
that this was this was the plan. You're paying the guy $2 million. You got to get better. Don't get blown off the field. Give the offense a chance to win. And that's that's enough to ask of this defense. And and they'll they have a chance to do just enough to give Ohio State a chance to win. Well, let's not forget, as much as we have talked about our respect for this Georgia offense and that they might be a little bit underrated in some ways, and then especially once we got here and started, you know, looking into Brock Bowers' eyes or whatever, we started thinking maybe they actually are going to be a problem for Ohio State's defense. But Georgia's gotten on the field this year against teams like Kentucky and Missouri and not put up a ton of points. Now, they have gotten on the field against some really good teams and put up a lot of points. But I think it's worth mentioning, and Ohio State fans don't need me to tell them this because they just saw it happen with their own team. Sometimes you don't you get on the field in a big game that you're prepared for and that you care a lot about, and your best effort just isn't there. And it wouldn't like you, to go back to your question you asked Stephen. Like, could I see 28-24? Absolutely, because I think there's a version of this where Georgia flattens a little bit on offense. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen for Ohio State, and those defenses that I just mentioned, the the Kentuckys, the Missouris, those aren't really better defenses than Ohio State. I can't tell you right now off the top of my head where they rank like metrically and stuff, but they're at worst in the ballpark. I think Ohio State maybe ranks higher than them in, in some, some a lot of things. And I know that those teams don't have better offenses than Ohio State, which could, you know, maybe march the ball and keep the ball away from Georgia. So uh, as much as I, I lean towards this game and just the respect I have for both offenses and their efficiency in picking a higher score – and, and I think it could definitely be, if we're all talking about it being a one-point game, that means you have to take an overtime into account, which means who knows what the final score could be. Um, I, I definitely see a world where either of these teams could come out and, and lay a bit of an egg. Because, we, again, we just saw Ohio State go one of seven on third downs and score three points in the second half against Michigan. Tyler Shoemaker, 31-30, Georgia. Doug LaMaurice, 42-41, Georgia. Stephen Means, 42-39, Ohio State. Nathan Baird, 38-37, Ohio State. Three one-point games and a three-point game combined, we don't think Georgia will cover. So like that, like this is, this is um, when I look like, again, some people gave their picks, T-Shoot, like the USA Today, I'm just looking for, for groups of people. They had five people pick. All five picked Georgia. All five picked Georgia to cover. Not just win, but win by at least six and a half points. Um, is that, I don't know. I, I'm giving you the last word on this, tissue. Just that not only are a lot of people picking Georgia to win, a lot of them are picking them to win by 10, 13 in a game that's not as competitive as the four of us are thinking it will be. You you would attribute that primarily again to the last thing people saw or do you think there's something else that there's something else inside the game here that would be like well if it goes like that then I could see Georgia kind of rolling Ohio State I think it's mostly just people reacting to the to the Michigan game and I think I mean I can I can kind of follow the logic of like okay Michigan ended up beating Ohio State by three touchdowns and Georgia is quote-unquote supercharged Michigan so you know, basic logic there would would have you think that Georgia is going to roll here. But again, bet, getting into betting, I, I got into betting and making projections to help me like understand how to contextualize things like this. And like when I, as a better, when I see this type of lopsided uh, response to one team, you know, and, and just everyone picking on one side of a game, it just it gives me a lot of confidence in the other side. I mean, Doug, you know, we've, we've talked about this every week. Um, 
So when I see that, as an Ohio State fan, I it gives me a lot of confidence. And uh, this, this is the last point I want to make about about just how the how I'm reading the betting market here and what that tells me about how this game might play out. This betting market is exactly like the Ohio State Michigan 2021 game, where everybody and their brother was on Ohio State minus seven the whole week leading up to the game. The line didn't budge, and then roughly 24 hours before kickoff, we saw it go to minus six and a half, despite all of the the bets and money being on Ohio State. And that's it's it's the exact same scenario here. Uh, again, that that doesn't guarantee anything, but as as someone that has studied betting markets and how that ends up correlating to how a game plays out. Uh, it, it gives me a lot of confidence as, as an Ohio State fan. So we are officially sending this podcast off to the world, telling Ohio State fans as they throw up in their mouths, think of Ohio State as 2021 Michigan and Georgia as 2021 Ohio State, and that should give you hope for this game. Exactly. <laughs> right? Everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're Michigan, right? You're Michigan. Like, you're Jim Harbaugh, right? You're Jim Harbaugh. Like, you're... So, uh, and if you if you are questioning at all the advice and the predictions on this podcast, I would remind you that right now in our Buckeye Talk Bowl Prediction Pool of 444 entries, I am fourth and I am not the highest ranked person on this podcast. Tishu, you are leading. How are you doing this? You are leading the bowl pool of 444 people of all the things you have accomplished in your betting life. How high would this rank if you win this bowl pool? This, this, this would be top five for sure. Just, just beating you, especially knowing that you tried to front load your picks to, to be ahead of me early, knowing that I have the early lead. Uh, you know what, what could go wrong? <laughs> I, I would just like to say in the end, this is not a secret. We value Tyler Shoemaker's contributions to this pod in a huge way. And so when he was being our guest on betting the Buckeyes all season, we were compensating him for his time because he's not just some guy on the street. He is now the official bookmaker of Buckeye Talk. We made that very clear. Tishu, if you win this pool, all it means is we get you free for an episode. It's like, oh, normally we pay you to be here, but now... Now you won the right to be on Buckeye Talk. So actually, I'm still going to win, Tissue, even if you win. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure our listeners are, are probably uh, rooting against me just so they don't have to get any any more Tissue in their lives because they've, they've had me all, all season now. <laughs> I know they at least are rooting for you to beat me. I know that for sure. Okay, those are our picks. That's it. The next time we'll talk to you guys will be after the game on the post-game podcast. We'll still have coverage and stories at cleveland.com slash OSU in the build-up to the game. Thanks for being uh, part of this all season. Thanks to our texters. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to anybody who's read us at cleveland.com slash OSU. We hope uh, you guys have a great New Year's Eve. We'll talk to you in 2023. For now, for Tyler Shoemaker, for Stephen Means, for Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>